what's up everyone and welcome back to the Mayo Media Network. My name's Griffin Swanson and I'm here to break down the Thursday night football game between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Cincinnati Bengals. Just barn burning games that we're getting here for Thursday night, but hey, that's okay. We're still going to play a little DFS and play some prize picks as well. And speaking of, got a couple of prize picks that I like here for this game and then we're going to dive into my spreadsheet breaking down the DraftKings showdown. But before we do that, don't forget to like this video, subscribe to the channel. The Mayo Media Network has football content coming out Monday through Sunday all season long. We got showdowns, main slates, DraftKings tiers, as well as season-long content. You don't want to miss out on any of that. For you podcast people, you can head on over to the Apple Pods or Spotify, find all the content there. Leave a five-star review while you're at it. But with that being said, let's go ahead and kick things off here with a couple of prize picks that I like here for this Thursday night game. All right, so over on the prizepicks.com website here now, if you haven't signed up for prize picks yet and you want to do so, make sure you use code MMN upon sign up for up to a $100 match deposit. You don't have to put 100 bucks in. You want to put in 50, they'll match 50. You want to put in 20, they'll match 20. It's up to you how much you want to put in in that initial deposit. But again, if you're using code MMN, you're going to get up to a $100 match deposit. It's house money. It's free money. As soon as you put your deposit in, prize picks matches that it's not like some of these other dfs sites where you have to earn it back as a bonus nope it's up front again just use code mmn upon sign up now i like a couple of picks here myself for this thursday night barn burner the first one is going to be joe mixon there over 83 and a half rushing yards and look i know this is a bigger number but mixon's been able to hit the over on that number in two or three games so far this year he has the second most rushing yards across the nfl and the second most rushing attempts as well just behind Derrick Henry in both of those categories. So he's running the ball very well, and the volume is there too. Again, I know it's a bigger number, but I'm looking at two different projection sites here. One has him at 86 and a half yards, and the other one at 93, close to 94. And if we look back at what Joe Mixon did last year against this Jags defense, he had 25 rushing attempts and 151 rushing yards in that game. Also had two rushing touchdowns. I almost took the rushing TD prop here over just one rushing touchdown for Mixon. So if you kind of want to do that as a bonus, I think that's in play as well. I kind of went back and forth between the rushing prop and the touchdown prop, but I figured, hey, Mixon's running the ball really well right now. I know the volume's going to be there too. So the rushing prop got the slight edge over the touchdown prop. And then the other prize pick that I like in this matchup here is going to be a receiving yards prop. I'm going to take the over here on Tyler Boyd at 56 and a half receiving yards. This Jags defense just isn't very good. And it sounds like T. Higgins is likely going to be out in this game. He didn't practice on Monday or Tuesday. Something we'll want to monitor closer to kickoff, uh, but I don't foresee him playing on a short week. So give me even more Tyler Boyd here. I'll talk about this in the spreadsheet, but he's got the seventh best matchup on the entire week. Pro Football Focus ranks him as number seven in a wide receiver cornerback matchup, and that's just not this game or just the Sunday, Thursday slate. That's the entire week. So needless to say, he's got a great matchup here, and he leads the team with 7.6 targets per game. I think he hits the over here at 56 and a half receiving yards. So to recap here, I'm going to take the over on both Mixon and Boyd this week. I do think this Bengals offense is going to have their way with that Jags defense and think these guys hit the over on both of their props. Again, we can approach this two different ways, the flex play or the power play. If you go the power play route, you will need all of your picks to hit 
but it does increase the payout. So those are the two picks that I like here for Thursday night. Again, if you want to sign up for prize picks, just make sure you use code MMN upon sign up for up to a $100 match deposit. But all right, folks, time to dive into this spreadsheet here, breaking down that DraftKings showdown slate. So diving into this spreadsheet here, first and foremost, I'm always listing out those Vegas odds here in the top left-hand corner. You can see the Bengals are sitting pretty nice at home with a minus 335 money line and a minus 7.5 point spread right now with an over-under coming in at 46.5 points. And then I got these showdown stats here as well. Going to hop on over to this other sheet though to give you a better look at this. You want to take a screenshot of this, do whatever you want, but I'll run through these pretty quickly here. Six different showdown stats from 2020 regarding the top 1% lineup. So the best showdown lineups from last year. So number one here, 92% of all showdown lineups rostered at least one quarterback. Of the top 1% of those lineups, 96% did as well. Number two, 33% of all lineups rostered a wide receiver at captain. Of the top 1%, 31.4% did there as well. Number three, 57% of the top 1% of lineups rostered a captain from the team favored to win. So in this example here for this Thursday night game, the Cincinnati Bengals. Number four, run it back. An opposing quarterback, wide receiver, or tight end was included in 88.9% of winning lineups that rostered a quarterback, wide receiver or tight end from the other team at captain. Number five, ignore defense and kickers in the captain spot. Very rarely does that work. Of the top 1% of lineups, that only worked 1.1% of the time, so very rarely, uh, like I said. And number six, don't play more than two kickers or defenses in the same lineup, and usually one is fine. So those are the six stats. Like I said, take a screenshot of those, do whatever you want with them, uh, but I felt they were important to kind of go over before diving into my favorite plays here. So with that being said here, let's dive into it, kicking it off with the captains. Now, for those of you who are new to this video here, or at least new to the spreadsheet, what I do is I always list out a captain from both sides of this game. It's probably optimal to go with a Cincinnati player, but if you're looking to get a little more contrarian, you could go with someone on the Jag side of things. So first guy I got here then is Joe Mixon. He's a true bell cow this year in this offense. We've been hearing it for years, and we've finally seen it here throughout the first three weeks of the season playing about 79, 80% of the snaps, averaging about 24.66 opportunities per game, so rushing attempts and targets. Now, I talked about this in the prize picks, but only Derrick Henry has more rushing attempts and rushing yards throughout the first three weeks of the NFL season. Now, I know that's a small sample size, right? But needless to say, this guy's touching the ball a lot, and he's making the most of that opportunity in this offense. And again, I just don't think this Jags defense is very good. So you could go out with one of those pass catchers like Jamar Chase or even Tyler Boyd in the captain spot, but it's going to be Joe Mixon for me based off of the opportunity he's had this year and what he's been able to do with that opportunity. Now, if I am going to roll out a Jags player in the captain spot. It's going to be Marvin Jones for me. Been the number one pass catcher in this offense and the most consistent to say the least. You can see there he leads the team with 18.9% of the target share and averaging 16.1 DraftKings points per game. And what really stuck out to me here is he ranks third across the NFL 
in air yards. Now, that's because Trevor Lawrence is throwing the ball a lot, trying to play catch-up, but needless to say, this guy is getting tremendous opportunity as well, and those air yards really stuck out to me. Now, they maybe haven't translated into a 100-yard receiving game quite yet, uh, but he's certainly bound to have one of those sooner than later, assuming those air yards keep up. And again, the targets are there, and he's been able to turn those into two touchdowns this season as well. So again, it's probably not optimal to go with the Jags player in the captain spot, but if you are looking to get a little contrarian, Marvin Jones is the guy for me. Now moving on down here to the flex plays, got both quarterbacks listed at the top. You know, I go back to this first stat, right? Of the top 1% of lineups from last year, 96% of them had at least one quarterback in their lineup. So I usually just jam one quarterback in most of my showdown lineups. First one there, Joe Burrow. The one cause for concern with him is his passing attempts have decreased dramatically from last season, and rightfully so. He was throwing the ball like 40 plus times a game last year, and you don't need to be doing that with your rookie quarterback or now your sophomore quarterback, and they're kind of trying to run that balanced offense with Joe Mixon, part of the reason I like him as a captain. But Joe Burrow has also thrown for multiple touchdowns in all three games this year, and that is really encouraging. You can also stack him up with a number of guys, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, or even Joe Mixon who gets involved in the passing game. So like I said, I'll probably jam one of these guys in each of my showdown lineups. Uh, but Joe Burrow here, really the only cause for concern is the lack of pass attempts that he's had through three games. Now there is a lot more to be concerned about here for Trevor Lawrence. He's only got five touchdown passes through three games seven interceptions and fumbled the ball twice last week as he got nine turnovers here averaging three per game. The one encouraging thing I did see last week was he had six rushing attempts for 27 yards. You know, maybe he gets a little bit too much pressure on him in this game. He needs to use his legs once again. Definitely a guy who can score a rushing touchdown. He's a, he's a pretty fast kid actually and it's also encouraging that he has the second most air yards of any quarterback in the NFL. I go back to Marvin Jones when I was talking about it there, right? That's because these guys are playing for behind basically the entire game or have been throughout these first three games and I kind of foresee the same thing here against the Bengals. So Lawrence has struggled but assuming he can use his legs a little bit more and he continues to have those air yards then I don't mind him here at 10.4. I probably prefer Burrow just because I like his pass catchers a little bit more but again I go back to that first stat there of the top 1% of lineups 96% had a quarterback so getting either one of those guys in your lineup is probably essential. And then we got Jamar Chase there. Who said this guy can't catch the ball? Catching problems, not here. This guy's got four touchdowns throughout the first three games. Looks to be the number one target in this offense. You know, I know T. Higgins is out, and you can make the case that he's the number one wide receiver, uh, but Jamar Chase has played really well and looked like a first-round draft pick that they took fifth overall. So all the rumors we heard this preseason, you can wash those away. This guy has 13.4, 22.4, and 23.9 DraftKings points throughout the first three games. Give him a boost, especially if Higgins is out too. You can stack him up with Joe Burrow, and you can even put him in the captain spot if you wanted to as well. The next guy we got there then is James Robinson at 9.4K. Really good to see him get a normal running back one workload last week. 15 rushing attempts, six targets, caught all six of those targets as well. Finished with 25.4 DraftKings points, scored a touchdown in that game. By one cause for 
concern here with Robinson is his head coach is a donkey. Urban Meyer, I have no idea what he's doing with this offense right now. He should probably just go back to college. I'm not going to get into that rant here right now, uh, but I guess that would be the cause for concern for me is Urban Meyer kind of switches things up, goes back to Carlos Hyde here on Thursday night, but he really shouldn't because James Robinson played really well last week. They should build off of that, and hopefully the confidence is back for Robinson as well. We all saw what he did last year during his rookie campaign. It's a pretty solid running back in the NFL. So again, the one cause for concern is Urban Meyer. It's certainly not James Robinson. It's a pretty talented running back that I'm okay with at 9.4k. We then got Tyler Boyd there, one of the prize picks that I talked about here for today. And I think he can be a captain play as well, especially if T. Higgins does not play. It's a guy who's tied for the team with 7.6 targets per game. He's tied with T. Higgins actually, uh, but 7.6 targets per game. Jamar Chase, to me, is still the number one wide receiver in this offense, but I like the opportunity that Tyler Boyd is seeing out of the slot. And again, I mentioned this in the prize picks, but Pro Football Focus is giving Tyler Boyd the seventh best wide receiver cornerback matchup, not just for Thursday, not for Sunday, Thursday, the entire week four set of games, Tyler Boyd, the seventh best matchup. So that's really encouraging. I actually, I believe, had 90 receiving yards and a touchdown last year against this Jags defense. And like I said, they're just not very good. They traded away C.J. Henderson earlier this week, one of their starting cornerbacks for Dan Arnold. I almost put Dan Arnold here in this spreadsheet, but again, I, I don't know if Urban Meyer's even going to use him in this game here, uh, but he's a low-priced option if you want to take a look at that. Uh, but Tyler Boyd comes down to the opportunity, again, tied for first on the team with 7.6 targets per game, and it comes down to that matchup, the seventh best on the week. Sign me up for that at 7.4K. Now, since I'm throwing out stats from last year here, I wanted to go back and confirm this. So last year, week four, he had eight targets in that game, seven receptions, 90 receiving yards, so I did get that right, uh, but he did not score a touchdown. He actually had a rushing attempt in that game for four yards. Uh, he only had four, five total rushing attempts last year, so maybe we see him do that, but just wanted to clarify, Tyler Boyd did not score a touchdown last year. Certainly think he could this week, uh, but want to get my numbers right. So seven for eight, 90 receiving yards, not a bad game. You know, that's still 16 DraftKings points, and he's only 10 yards away from getting that three-point bonus. I certainly think he could do that here this week against those Jags. Next guy we got there then is DJ Shark. Uh, captain play, if you want to go that route for the Jags, ranks sixth in air yards across the NFL. Again, Trevor Lawrence ranks second from a quarterback perspective. It makes sense that his top two wide receivers are right there as well. But the A dot kind of stuck out to me. So that's average depth of target, 16.31 yards per target. They haven't really connected throughout the first three weeks here. You know, back to week one, DJ Shark had 12 targets in that game, but he only had three receptions. It's not going to be long here before he starts to connect with Trevor Lawrence, so that's really encouraging for me. He also is second on the team with an 18% target share, so the numbers are there. He's got two touchdowns in three games, too. He just really hasn't connected on a consistent basis with Trevor Lawrence. Like I said, that should come sooner than later, so I don't mind Shark here at 7.2K. Next, we got the Bengals defense here. I talked about the woes and struggles that Trevor Lawrence has had throughout his first three games of his rookie season. Seven interceptions, two fumbles, averaging three turnovers per game, and the Bengals are averaging at least one turnover per game and three sacks per game as well. It's been very encouraging. They're a little more expensive here at $5,600, but have been able to 
rack up 5, 6, and 12 DraftKings points last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're starting to find their mojo a little bit here, and I think they can continue that here this week against Trevor Lawrence. And I think eventually Lawrence is going to figure it out, but again, as long as Urban Meyer is back there, I, I really don't know. Um, playing at home is always a boost for defenses as well. Sitting there at minus 335 on the money line, certainly don't mind them here at this price tag. And then the Bengals kicker here, Evan McPherson, has been pretty consistent through three weeks as well. Albeit he's only had four field goal attempts, he is four for four, and he's hit two of those beyond 50 yards. So that was really encouraging. You know, the Bengals implied to score 26.75 points in this game. Certainly think it could be one of those games where McPherson has two or three field goals and racks up solid DraftKings points. You can see there in the three games this year, he's hit seven, seven, and 11. So I'm not going to go there for sure, but if I only have less than $4,000 and nobody's really sticking out to me and I think, you know, it could be one of those games where maybe the Bengals drive down and they don't quite punch in a bunch of touchdowns, but this guy has three, four field goal attempts. I certainly don't mind him here at this price tag of $3,800. And then if you're looking for a really low-priced option, it's Auden Tate for me. Now, this is if and only if. I had a little math term there uh, for you math nerds out there. I remember that from calculus in high school. Um, but yes, if and only if T. Higgins is out this week. I like Auden Tate. He should be the number three wide receiver in this game. Played 27 to 47 snaps last week with T. Higgins out, acting as the wide receiver number three, but he only saw one target. That's pretty funny because throughout the DFS community, people just rave about Auden Tate. He's the preseason player of the year, super talented, da 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 ultimately the number four wide receiver when T. Higgins is healthy, but if you want to pay for $400 or don't have a bunch of money left over, I don't mind them at that low of a price tag to say the least. All right, everyone, that is going to wrap up the video here for today. As always, thank you all for taking the time out of your day to watch these videos. Don't forget to like this video here. Subscribe to the Mayo Media Network. Like I said earlier, they got football content coming out Monday through Sunday all season long, amongst much other content tackling multiple different sports. And they got everything that you're looking for. Now, for those of you who want to sign up for prize picks as well, don't forget to use code MMN upon sign up for up to a $100 match deposit. Like I said, we got a barn burner here. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals, Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, those are the types of games we're going to get on Thursday night. But we're always going to play a little DFS and prize picks, right? Let's have some fun with it. Let's win some money as well. I'm out of here. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Fantasy Football Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks. I am Lauren Carpenter. You can find me at Stepmom Lauren, and it is Wednesday, and we have quite a show lined up for you today. Now, we're going to get to our Prize Picks leaderboard, as well as this week's Week 4 7-Eleven Challenge for my picks. We also have some injuries and some, you know, interesting news that has come out. Um, you know, not so much that you need to go, like, running to the waiver wire at this very moment. But we also have streamers and some dumpter dives in case you missed out on your picks. And I said dumpter. I mean to say dumpster. It's kind of one of those days today. So bear with me, everybody. It's a middle of the week hump day. We can get there. We have real football tomorrow or tonight if you're watching this on Thursday. But let's dive right into it, everybody. Let's go ahead and check out our leaderboard for our prize picks. 7-Eleven 
challenge. And Alan W., man, I got to tell you, you're leading the charge still, my friend. Alan W. has 14 correct. Uh, 14 out of 15. This is great. I am, I'm rooting for you at this point, my friend. And you are two ahead of everybody else. That's right. The next closest we have behind you, Alan, is Ian M., Jeremy W., uh, Chance S., Kevin H., Jude D., and Brent and you guys are at 12 out of 15. So remember, we have our first place prize, excuse me, first place prize. And we also have second place prize and third place prize. But we also have prizes for people that are directly in the middle. And we have prizes for y'all who I guess are sabotaging yourselves, but I guess that's cool. But for whoever comes in dead last, which we have a four-way tie for dead last, which is kind of fun. We have John B., uh, Nicholas T, Paul P, and Dale P, y'all are still at zero uh, out of 15. So congratulations for you that are gunning for that 100 bucks. Good for you. But uh, Alan W, you are too ahead, friend. So uh, pick with caution as we move forward. But good luck. Congratulations, everybody. This has been so much fun. I'm sorry I didn't have this for you on Monday. But it happens because we have so many entries that it just makes it into this big, fun, huge contest that I really love participating in. So I want to go ahead and share with you what my five over under picks. And you, if you are just tuning in to what we do here at Mayo Media Net, this is the 7-Eleven challenge. I just read off the leaderboard. But it's very easy. It is five over under picks for the Sunday slate of games. You can include Thursday as well if there's something really juicy you just can't pass up. But make sure they are not on the Monday night games because we're just tracking them. I say we're. Prize picks is just tracking them on those Thursday and Sunday games. Very easy. Five over under picks, and then change your bet amount to $7.11. That is how they're going to be tracking it moving forward. If you have not signed up for prizepicks.com, but you still want to get in on the fun, because why wouldn't you? It's very easy. Go to prizepicks.com, use the promo code MMN. There's also a link in the description of this video that'll take you right there. Remember, promo code MMN, because that gets your deposit of up to $100 matched, free money, super fun. And I love, I love prize picks so much. It is it is a ton of fun to go through these. So many options to choose from. So let me go ahead and show you what I decided to do for week four. So let's go ahead and flash that up on the screen for you. That's right. I have Joe Mixon. I have him over on just a half a touchdown. Um, I think he can get into the end zone here in this matchup. I like it. I also have the over on two and a half touchdowns from Patrick Mahomes. And I think this could be kind of a, I don't want to call it a redemption game because Pat Mahomes is really good, but the Kansas City Chiefs are not doing as well as I think everyone wanted or expected them to do. So I think he really has something to prove and I think he'll get that done. So I'm doing the over on two and a half touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes. And Naheem Hines, Marlon Mack is actually on the trade block, so he was inactive last week. It makes sense now because he wants to be traded, so all of that inactivity, if you if you will, uh, makes a lot of sense. So that means a lot more opportunities for Naheem Hines. I have him over at three receptions because that's kind of what his role here is with the Colts is as a pretty solid pass catching back. So I like that line of three for Naheem Hines. And then I have Derrick Henry in here, and I know it might seem a little saucy that I'm doing the over at 
105 and a half rushing yards. But this is something I'm going to talk about in a minute. A.J. Brown and Julio Jones may not even play. So this could very well turn into a Derrick Henry show, even more so than it normally is when we're talking about the Titans. So I am banking on him going over that 105 and a half rushing yard mark. And last but not least, um, I'm going Jalen Hurts. Speaking of, you know, needing to have a little bit of a comeback win here, uh, their Monday night football game against the Cowboys was pretty disgusting. So I'm going to give this to him, and I'm going to say he has some big plays this weekend. Um, I have him at 249 and a half yards on, I'm taking the over. I'm doing the over on all of these. No negative Nancy for me this week. Over on all of them. And there you have it. Let's hop right into our news and some injury notes here. Like I mentioned, Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. Okay, Jones is dealing with some kind of a leg injury or a knee injury, and A.J. Brown is dealing with a hamstring injury, which will likely keep him out for at least a few weeks. I don't have a timetable yet for you, but this is concerning uh, when it comes to uh, Ryan Tannehill's production, although that does leave him some opportunities at the goal line to rush in a touchdown. But Ryan Tannehill's passing yards are a little scary for me, so if you are looking for an over-under, you might want to take a look at Ryan Tannehill there on prizepicks.com, promo code MM because that is, is super concerning if none of those stud wide receivers like Julio Jones or A.J. Brown miss. That's not fun. Interesting, funny news like I talked about earlier that I alluded to here. Josh Gordon, he's back. He signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. Take that for what you will. And uh, Will Fuller, the wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins, played his first game, and now he's missing practice with an injury. Here's here's my surprise face. But that's really all I have for you today. There's a lot of stuff that are still coming out and it's still filtering. So make sure you turn into the Friday Fantasy Football Picks and Bet show with Pat Mayo, which I'm sure you do anyway, but I'm just stressing the fact that you really should because we have a full week of practice under our belts when his show goes on. He'll have a lot more information for you because we all hate that dreaded cue by the names. That's just something really, really gross. So make sure you turn in to his show. He will have a lot more info for you. And speaking of gross and stinky and cues, the waiver wire likely has processed for you because it's Wednesday. Some leagues may process on Thursday, but it's usually on Wednesday and there is nothing worse. Not only than seeing that cue, but it, there's nothing worse when you miss on your guys. You know, those guys that you put in all of this thought on your fab budget or you, you know, were maybe second or third on the waiver claim and you're like, oh my God, I'm so close. I can get this guy. No, you didn't get them. That is okay. That is what I am here for you today on Wednesday is to help you identify some players that could be left in free agency that you might be able to play to at least be a warm body that should score you some points. We do have some sneaky opportunities in here that I think could actually work, especially for DFS. Those kind, those make me pretty excited. And I, I call this section streamers and dumpster dives. And I, I use dumpster dives as, you know, a loving way. I'm not trying to be super rude, but, you know, it's fun. But let's go right in. Let's dive right in as, you know, into our, into our stream. Let's dive into our dumpster. And let's go ahead and start out with the quarterback position. Derek Carr has likely already been rostered. People are hopping on that train very quickly. But... Sam Darnold may still be available for you. He is only 31% rostered, so that is a pretty good sign. Um, he's managed to produce, even in really bad matchups like New York, um, in, against New Orleans, and even against Houston. And in fact, he's thrown for 300 yards or more in the last two weeks. And then last week, he rushed in two touchdowns himself, especially with Christian McCaffrey gone. This leaves a lot of opportunity for Sam Darnold here, kind of like I was saying with... Um, Ryan Tannehill. It gives him opportunity at the goal line. So 
He rushed in too against Houston, which was pretty pretty awesome. They're facing Dallas, and Dallas has allowed the ninth most fantasy points to the quarterback position, and this could also become a shootout. So there is a lot of opportunity here for Sam Darnold to pass. Now, I understand a lot of the dinks and dunks would go to Christian McCaffrey, but he does have a lot of options around him. He's got Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Terrace Marshall, Tommy Trimble. Hint, hint, some of these names are going to be in the show. So Sam Darnold, I like his opportunity. Um, he's the most rostered of the two that I'm going to bring up for your streaming quarterback options. So Taylor Heineke is another name I want to bring up too. He is only 8% rostered. Now that may not you know, be super flashy and your eyes may not light up when you think of Taylor Heineke, but he scored over 20 fantasy points in the last two weeks, and that includes two, in their blowout loss to the Buffalo Bills. Um, he uses his arms and his legs to score, which we really like in fantasy, and they face at Atlanta, and they have allowed the fourth most points to the quarterback position, which is very exciting. So let's dive right in to our tight end position. Um, I'm using dive a lot because I think I think of stream and water and then diving into dumpsters, but we're, we're still diving. We're, we're still diving here. Snorkels, put your snorkel gear on. And we have uh, Cole Komet from the Bears. I don't love this, but I feel the need to bring it up because he is an option that has a very good matchup, and he is only 30% rostered. Now, he really hasn't had a very good season. I feel kind of bad for him, but there has also been a lot of issues with that quarterback position, including Justin Fields last week, who was sacked nine times. Poor kid. And there are still questions at the quarterback position. Um, but they're facing... A, I, I, oof. You know what? I don't, I don't even want to bring it up. Their matchup is good, but I don't like it. You know, just... It, Cole Komet is going to be a desperation play here. And um, I don't love this, but I really felt the need to bring it up. 30% rostered. Now watch him have a huge game because I don't believe in him. Because I feel like that happens to me a lot. Moving on. Dawson Knox from the Buffalo Bills. He is 24% rostered. He put up 12.9 fantasy points in PPR on five targets, four receptions, 49 yards. This is touchdown dependent. This is what he is. Um, let's not pretend that he's something that he is not. But they are facing Houston, and they have allowed the fourth most points to the tight end position. So I do like this. I do like his opportunity here to score you some points. He hasn't given you a, a zero on the, on the season yet, which is good to know, but I, I wouldn't really bank on 12.9 points unless he gets that touchdown and he has that opportunity to do so based on the matchup against Houston. Now, another stinky one that I have in here, slightly for fun, but mostly because I like the matchup as well, it's Jawan Johnson of the Saints. He had that huge game in week one. He is 16% rostered. Then he was absent in week two and in week three, but Jameis Winston is really struggling, so obviously those two things go hand in hand. And if Jameis Winston is going to create any kind of rhythm or build up back any kind of confidence that he may have lost... It might be targeting Jawan Johnson. They are playing against the Giants, and they have allowed the fifth most points to the tight end position. So that is something to keep in mind. Another one that I really like, the next three here are, are three that I sneaky am high on. And I don't, I, I don't want to tell you, go pick them up and play them for sure, but there are ones that wouldn't surprise me if they have a really big game. The first one is Tyler Conklin from the Minnesota Vikings. He is 9% rostered. Now, there is a direct correlation here between KJ Osborne's production and Tyler Conklin's production. It's very difficult to predict between those two. Um, we saw that last week. Tyler Conklin did really well. KJ Osborne did terrible. So for me, I am I am high on Tyler Conklin this week because of their matchup. And 
on paper, it, it doesn't look good because they're playing the Cleveland Browns. But the Cleveland Browns, as good as they are against the tight end, they are even better against the wide receivers. And they are even better against running backs. So I think that Kirk Cousins is going to need to rely on Tyler Conklin again in this matchup if they want to score points. This may be another high-scoring point affair here. So I like Tyler Conklin in this matchup. I don't really love him week to week, but I do love him like him, let me put it that way, in this matchup, despite that really bad matchup on paper. Now, a good matchup coming up is for the Steelers. Now, Ben Roethlisberger is struggling. That's not even a question at this point. But Pratt Fryermuth at 8% rostered and Eric Ebron at 5% rostered are two options that should be available in your leagues. I'll say right now, I lean more on Pat Fryermuth because he's seen a few more targets and has been more productive with them. But it is also possible for Ebron to steal the show and have a big game with two touchdowns. He has proven that he can do that. But for me, I'm going to rely on Pat Fryermuth here. Use your gut if you want to make a decision between these two tight ends on the Steelers if you decide to go that way. They are playing Green Bay, who has allowed the third most fantasy points to the tight end position. Now, one of the things I like about Pat Fryermuth as well is that his average target, (laughs) average yards per target, excuse me, have been a perfect 4.4 yards. Okay, that's, and that was last week actually, Um, that's perfect for Ben Roethlisberger because whether or not he's just too old or his offensive line doesn't give him enough time or both, he's not throwing down the field. He is looking for close options that he can get rid of the football without getting pummeled into the ground, which seems to happen anyway. And uh, Fryermuth did have five targets. Um, It's just this whole situation is kind of a hot mess. Now, fair warning here. Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster should be back on the field this week. Um, But for me, that doesn't necessarily take away from Pat Fryermuth so much, who doesn't get his fantasy production based off of target volume. So what that to me says that Green Bay, again, who is you know, okay, but they're not great against the tight end position. They're going to be focusing on Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and Juju Smith-Schuster. So I think that leaves opportunity for Pat Fryermuth. Again, only 8% rostered. So if you are desperate for one of those tight ends that you need to put on your squad, he might be a good option. And another one I'm leaning towards, okay, I'm getting on board. I have a show with Jake Seeley from All In Football. We have it every single Tuesday, and we brought up Tommy Tremble, and he said he had a bone to pick with me about it because he actually likes Tommy Tremble, and I don't hate it. All right, so Tommy Tremble is of the Panthers, okay? So we talked about the opportunity of, you know, basically all of the Panthers having to step up with an absent Christian McCaffrey. Now, Tremble is only 1% rostered, and he did benefit from the absence of Christian McCaffrey with a rushing touchdown. So that is kind of interesting to me. I like that as well. He's not just good through the air. He can use his legs on the ground. And in fact, I thought he was a running back at first before I really saw who it was. And I was like, oh man, wow. So he has the the body type. He's got the speed. And um, he's going to be on the field to help block and pass protect for Sam Darnold. So I like his opportunity as well. Not only that, they face Dallas, who has allowed the second most fantasy points to the tight end position so far this year in 2021. So Tommy Trimble might actually be an option. And um you know, woe is me and boo on me if I, I poo-pooed that a little bit too fast. But we'll see. Tommy Tremble worth an ad, especially if you like having fun with that tight end position. All right, let's jump right into our defense and special teams. I mentioned Pittsburgh already, so let's go ahead and keep picking on them and <laughs> poor Ben Roethlisberger, but they're playing Green Bay. And Green Bay is 22% rostered, so they should be available. Now, last week, the Bengals, like, basically 
just clobbered him into the ground. Him meaning Big Ben. It was very ugly. They held him to 10 points. Um, they also had a couple of sacks in there. I mean, it, was, it was, wasn't that bad. So Green Bay has the opportunity to score points here because of the very porous offensive line of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, I, I mean, I don't, I don't hate this, but I do love my two options a little bit better, mostly because they're a little bit more fun because no one would really expect it. But speaking of the Bengals, all right, the Bengals, they're only 1% rostered and they're playing the Jaguars. Okay, so like I mentioned, they really haven't been that bad. Uh, their best game was obviously against the Steelers. Um, they, like, this was the stats I was looking for a second ago, couldn't find them, but they allowed only 10 points. They had four sacks and two interceptions. Now they're going up, like I said, against the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence. He's thrown at least two interceptions every single week, and in fact, he had three in week one, and he was sacked three times last week against the Cardinals. There is opportunity here for those Bengals to have a massive game for their defense special teams. And I'm representing Detroit here, uh, mostly because my husband's a fan, and I loved Matt Stafford, even though he's with the Rams. That's neither here nor there, but the Lions, everybody, they are playing the Bears, okay? This is a divisional rivalry. I love it. They are 1% rostered here, and uh, I'm really digging the Lions and their grit, and I feel so bad for them because the universe has cursed them. I don't know what they did to who in a past life to make this happen to them every single week. But you know what? They keep getting up. Dan Campbell's keeping his promise of getting back up and biting kneecaps. So I'm kind of on board with this. But I like this matchup against the Bears. Like I mentioned before, Justin Field was sacked nine times. That is really gross. And they're not even sure who the quarterback is going to be between Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, and even Nick Foles. So there's a lot of opportunity here for the Lions to make some big, big plays on defense and also score points on defense. And they, again, are only 1% rostered, so likely they are going to be available if you need a defense to stream this week. Alrighty, let's jump right into my dumpster dive segment. I hate saying this about the wide receivers because I like the wide receivers. It's really the running backs that kind of make me. Mm. So either way, we'll start with run, we'll start with wide receivers. Excuse me, just to keep this flow going. But Jalen Rager of the Eagles, he is only twenty two percent rostered, and I know the Eagles did not have a great game against the Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football. But you know what, Jalen Rager is one play away from making a huge impact on your fantasy squad and they have a very good matchup against Kansas City which is one of the reasons I have Jalen Hurts in my over under for my 7-11 challenge and why I'm taking the over. Um, I think Kansas City is like second or first um, in points allowed to the wide receiver position or possibly the quarterback position. I don't have that written down but they're quite porous which is one of the reasons they did sign Richard Sherman. Um, No I lied. No I lied. That he signed to the Buccaneers. My bad. Disregard what I just said. Um, the Josh Gordon was signed to the Chiefs. Now I'm getting off for Clemson, forgetting Josh Gordon's and Richard Sherman's. I, literally, with all these you know players coming back, I feel like 2016 and 17 called, and they want all their NFL players back. It's very strange. Like Deshaun Jackson scored a touchdown, and it's been very, very odd. Either way, Jalen Rager, 22% rostered. He could. He could be a big play waiting to happen. I really like it. Don't forget, he is kind of boomer bust, though. Uh, but Hunter Renfro, I, he's still only 20% rostered, and I don't know why, okay? The Raiders are on fire. Um, he is a target monster, even with Darren Waller on the field. Derek Carr likes to target him. He has scored 10 points, 8.2, and then 16.2 points in PPR so far this week, each week since week one. And like I said, he sees a lot of targets. He is one of those target monsters besides the wonderful 
Darren Waller, who I have in many, many places because he is spectacular. But Hunter Renfro, everybody, he's one of those safety gems that I really, really like to have stashed, especially if I need someone to start in case of injuries. Now, speaking of injuries, I'm going right back to the Panthers again. Terrace Marshall, 14% rostered. Again, this is going to be the entirety of the Panthers' offense is going to have to step up to fill the void that Christian McCaffrey leaves with his absence. His targets are not going to be guaranteed, but his opportunity is increased because of CMC's absence. Now, don't forget, there is still DJ Moore, there's still Robbie Anderson, there's Tommy Tremble, we ha- and Chiba Hubbard. There are lots of opportunities all around. So I'm not saying that Terrace Marshall is absolutely going to have an amazing game, but he does have the opportunity to get it done. He is only 14% rostered. And last but not least, I'm going to go back to another injury situation here, as I mentioned, with A.J. Brown and Julio Jones being out. When A.J. Brown did go out early because of his hamstring injury, it was Nick Westbrook-Akine, I believe I'm saying that right, he is only 1% rostered. He benefited the most from this. He had four receptions on four targets for 53 yards and a touchdown. Now, we did see a touchdown from Chester Rogers, who is only 1% rostered as well, but he only saw two targets with one reception. So for me, it looked like Ryan Tannehill was kind of looking Nick's way a little bit more than Chester Rogers, although they both do have the opportunity. I think I want to put I think I want to put Nick Westbrook on my team. Chester Rogers has proven he can do it in the past, but for me, I like Nick just a little bit better. Um, it, it, honestly, this is going to be by default. If you Super sneaky in DFS too, by the way. Um, I just, it's going to be really tough for um, the Titans to get anything done without A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. So um, whereas the ceiling may be capped because it's going to be a kind of a Hunter Henry game, these two are going to be the primary beneficiaries, I think Nick more so than Chester Rogers, with uh, those two wide receivers being active, and they are likely available in your league if you need to plug somebody in. All right, last but not least, let's dive into the real dumpster dives of these segments. It is the running back position. Okay, we have Kenny Gainwell of the Eagles. I've talked about him a lot already. But just to recap, all right, the Eagles are, are clicking a little bit better. Um, they're placing the can- pa- facing placing they're placing the Kansas City Chiefs no they're facing the Kansas City Chiefs they have allowed the third most points to the running back position game script really worked against Kenny Gainwell on Monday Night Football Um, he is the running back RB2 to Miles Sanders anyway but they were coming from behind there really wasn't much to be done in that in that accord but he does have opportunity. The matchup is good. He is only 30% rostered. So if you are suffering from injuries or you didn't get your guy in waivers, you might want to take a chance on him. One that I I really don't love that much. It's Malcolm Brown of the Dolphins. Um, speaking of touchdown dependency, that is the epitome of his fantasy career. Um, Salvin Ahmed was just he was there, but almost like in spirit, you know, like he didn't do anything. I think he had one snap, um, but they do face the Colts. They're relatively decent against the run. He's the RB2 to Miles Gaskin, and it's Jacoby Brissett. I mean, I don't really like this, but if you really need a running back, he's only 7% rostered. He does have the opportunity to fall into the end zone, but you're not looking at much unless he scores a touchdown, which is why I don't like it. And the same goes for my next option here, which is Royce Freeman of the Panthers. He is 4% rostered. 
Obviously, Chuba Hubbard is going to be the number one running back off the board once waivers have cleared. So you likely didn't get Chuba Hubbard, and if you did, congratulations. Uh, trade him immediately for something that you need that will be a little bit longer lived than Chuba Hubbard. But Royce Freeman, he may be another one that falls into the end zone. He only saw five rush attempts for 17 yards. Um, this isn't really something that I absolutely love. Again, touchdown dependency, but it wouldn't surprise me if it happened. And the last two I have here, J.J. Taylor for the Patriots, okay? He is 1% rostered, and James White is still dealing with his injury. This is more of a speculative ad for me than one I think you should immediately start this week. But J.J. Taylor could fill in that role for James White, and Mac Jones has proven that he really needs somebody like James White. He struggled last week. Let's just leave it at that. And there is a big game coming up against the Buccaneers I don't mind stashing him if you have the room to see what he does. Um, it's bad. I mean, the Buccaneers defense is really good, so I don't see this as being a super huge game for him. But get ahead of the curve now. Get ahead of the trend now. Put J.J. Taylor on your bench if you can. Another one that I think could be a sneaky pickup and also a sneaky DFS play here is Kyle Juszczyk from the 49ers. He is the fullback. For the San Francisco 49ers, he is 1% owned. He is also one of my favorite players. Very nice person. He rushed five times for 14 yards. Okay, whatever. But he also saw four targets, four receptions for 37 yards and a touchdown. And this is what Kyle Shanahan does to us in fantasy. He does it in real football too, but we call it Kyle Shanahanigans because of this. They signed Trenton Cannon. They signed Jacquez Patrick. They're looking at all these different guys. No, it was Kyle Juszczyk who was the one that got involved the most. And they even added on Johnson. So I know that Kyle Juszczyk knows this offense. I know that he's the one that's always in it. So if you really want to deal with a piece of the 49ers running back offense because it's available and you need a warm body, go for Kyle Juszczyk. He has just as much opportunity to score in this guessing game of the 49ers backfield as anybody else. Again, 1% rostered. And that's all you have for me today. I really hope you did not have to listen to this video because you did get all of your waiver claims that I wanted to help you out with on Monday. But if you didn't, those are some options that you can take a look at. And we have so much good content coming out every single day, including a video from my guy Griff, who's going to break down the TNF games, the DFS plays you can do, more injuries that are involved just with those players. He is wonderful. Make sure you check out his video as well. Remember to check out Pat Mayo's Fantasy Football Picks and Bets on Friday to get the last-minute injury details that you absolutely must know. Sunday mornings, I am here for you, 11.30 a.m., it's the Q&A. It's the live show. It's when I am here cursing at you for saying that I'm not Pat Mayo. I'm kidding. Actually, no, I'm not. I really did. But I'm here to help you with those last minute start and sit questions. And if you haven't done so already, please like this video if you had as much fun as I did. And also don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on all of those shows. Hit that notification. Keep up with us. Follow us. At Mayo Media Net, you can also find me, Stepmom Lauren, and you can find my website, stepmomlauren.com. I put all of my videos here on my website. So good luck in week four. You will see me again on Sunday morning to answer your live start-sit questions. Have a good one.